0: the jkr podcast today we have illinois native and 2025 illinois baseball commit we got jack wheeler on the podcast jack super pumped to get you on the show man how are you doing today good how are you man I'm doing good, man. I keep getting all you Illinois guys here on the podcast. I mean, just had Braden Bakes here a couple of weeks ago, um, AJ Garcia, TJ Schuyler I've had in the past as well. I'm um, starting to learn more and more about Illinois baseball. Me being from Indiana, like, it's kind of cool to you know, move, move around the Midwest and kind of see what Midwest baseball is like besides just the state of Indiana. Um, so super pumped to get you on the show. Um, really excited just to dig into your career and kind of Illinois baseball as a whole. Uh, but no, before we kind of dig into – baseball I do have one question I like to ask everybody that gets on the podcast and that is for those who don't know you how would you introduce yourself who exactly is Jack Wheeler
1: you know um, I would say myself is you know off the field I care a lot about you know school and um, you know just being a respectful person off the field but obviously on the field as well um, you know what I do off the field carries on to on the field as well um you know just being a good teammate and then that yeah, that that carries on to you know the real world is being just a good person a good student good classmate and all that
0: okay and another another thing you got going on is a busy schedule so before we started there before we started the recording I found out that you were a three-sport athlete as I was doing some research I saw you played football I guess I didn't realize you played basketball as well but what is that schedule like you know kind of go just take us around like what it is uh just season by season uh just going from football straight into basketball and i'm assuming straight into baseball because that's what it's like yeah. here in indiana um so kind of take us through what your schedules like and how you kind of go about just attacking that and have it having that busy busy schedule well,
1: all right so uh you know first obviously i have school um you know monday through friday around start around 7 40 um end school around you know 255 three o'clock ish and then um Football, football wise. So in the fall, obviously I have all this stuff in the summer. I mean every day, um, um, Monday through Sat, or yeah Monday through Saturday. Uh, the only the only day we got off is Sunday. Um, and then obviously once you get started to school, you have school in the morning and then early afternoon. And then uh, yeah, really for football, yeah practice from I would say about two to six o'clock. And then you know I still got to get you know swings in and stuff like that after. And then you know a light workout too. We'll also work out um, before we start practicing football. And then that will carry on to um, basketball, like right away. Obviously, I you know no break come off football season right into a basketball game two days later. Um, no practices, no nothing. But um, you know, and then we got basketball practice. I would say you know till about five thirty, so not as as long as football. Um, and then obviously same thing. You still, I mean, I'll I have hitting. Let's see here. I have hitting three days a week along with fielding, and then I'll you know try to work out four days a week. Uh, Monday through Friday and then I'll do a you know less of my own Saturday and Sunday too and hitting as well so and then obviously basketball I mean ends in late February and then you got your first baseball game and then about, about mid-March so a little bit of a break right there but really I mean and then and even in that break you know after school you go home and then you you know go work out go hit and get ready for the baseball season and that carries on with baseball too and then it just keeps on going a cycle. Yeah. So yeah. I know
0: that football basketball season. I mean, the summer for football and basketball is really busy. I remember when I like I said, like I played both those sports as well. Um, So I remember like football, like we were practicing three four days a week, basketball quite a bit. Um, What does that look like? What does your summer look like when it comes to uh, travel ball? Because like how, how are you able to go and travel a little bit, play summer ball while kind of, you know, still practicing for basketball and football?
1: Yeah. um, You know, we have a couple, I would say. It was e- it's either um the first or last week of the month so like obviously the summer months june uh, july and august off so we get one of those weeks off and uh that usually works out well with baseball but um you know usually for a travel term especially if i'm traveling somewhere you know in the you know down south somewhere um you got to leave ahead of time like a day before so i mean obviously the football coaches don't like when you miss practice but you know it's i mean i really don't have a choice but um uh i mean you got to leave i would say you know thursday and i mean you miss you know a friday and saturday football practice um for you know a tournament baseball tournament from like you know thursday to like a monday um i also have you know we for school basketball we also have basketball in summertime too um so that's that's tough that makes it harder as well for baseball because you know basketball and then football afternoon then you have to you know, we might have a midweek game for summer ball against a team that's around near us. And then obviously in the summer or on, on the weekends, you got to go down um, and travel to wherever the tournament is. So, you know, it, it does get tough, um, tiring, but you know, it's obviously fun. So, you know, it's a good experience. It's fun, really. Yeah.
0: So are you playing in tournaments every weekend there in the summertime or do you take some tournaments off, um, just some weekends off just because you're practicing football basketball as well?
1: Actually, no, I, I haven't. They have not took a baseball tournament off, no. Nope. I will uh, still go to those uh, no matter what, really.
0: All right. So, when you are playing travel ball, it looks like you play for, what is it, Con- Congolosi.
1: C- okay. Congolosi Sparks, yep.
0: Okay. So, is that is that, I just assume that's the name of the coach, is Congolosi?
1: So, uh, John Congolosi was playing in the MLB, and he uh, he's the one that founded it. Okay. And then they just went off his last name, and then they just added the Sparks. I'm not sure how that happened, but, you know, that that's how the – kind of the name started originally so
0: is that a local travel team or for the most people who are playing on that team like are they usually from that like suburb of chicago area like you are
1: yeah i would say so i mean you know um yeah a lot of them really are i mean those because a couple guys from uh there Would be some guys I, I i would especially say the the age above me that came from indiana bulls black that want to play for them um uh, that play for us now um, a couple of Indiana guys, and then some Wisconsin guys too. So I mean, it, it kind of scatters throughout. But I would say really mainly, you know, the the area of Chicago, the suburbs, really. That's kind of where the main population comes from.
0: Okay, so how did you get connected with the Sparks? Have you played with them pretty much your entire travel ball career, or have you played for somebody else as well?
1: I have not. No. So ever since I started playing travel travel ball around, like I would say, eight U, nine U, um. I and then up to about twelve years was my last season. I, it was actually with the Morris Tomahawks, a team in my town, a group of literally ten guys and then are from our town and one guy outside of town. We were like, you know, a top twenty team in the country as a twelve year team with all these dudes in my town, which is crazy to think. And then as you start to get older, some of the guys in my team are older than, you know, are able to play like you know be a class there we had a bunch of class 24 kids when we were playing like 11 and 12 and it really didn't matter but as you get older it starts to matter a lot so they yeah. started they would go up and play with different teams and then we kind of just broke off there and about half the kids on my team went to the sparks at 13 you and we actually played a good uh a team called Mokina blaze they had a, they you know they took six kids, six kids from their team and were, we always had a good uh fight against them a good uh good game against them. So we decided just to connect and make a Kansas City Sparks team. And then, you know, it's kind of been that for a while. And then once you get to the fifth, the high school age for Sparks, then that's when uh, the all the guys at Sparks make a team. Uh, you know, the black is the best and then the white and then, you know, from so on. So now, like, there's no just, like, you make a team as a bunch of guys. You, you get chosen to be on which team now. So, yeah.
0: so now that you've been playing for the Sparks there for a while, what's your relationship like with that coaching staff? Like, is it the same coaching staff? From when you move there to when you were thirteen, or how does that work for the Sparks? Do they have a certain coach at each age level, or just take us through that a little bit?
1: You know, they do They don't. They don't. Uh, I have not had the same coach um, since we were younger. No, it changes. It varies every year. Um, they'll just find you know uh, two guys that obviously you know guys that work for Sparks. They'll they'll coach you. Two guys for each. I think two or three guys at each age. Um, but a, a lot of guys that you know. Um, they used to play for Sparks, and they were like real young, you know, playing the minors and stuff. And they'll come back and coach a lot of those guys. Are and if they were connected with Sparks before, um, they'll come back and coach as well. So that's uh pretty cool. But we're very fortunate to have a lot of you know well known guys uh came through Sparks and played, you know high level one baseball and you know in some of the big leagues that come back and coach us. So yeah, it it, it it'll change every year. Uh, with coaches, you probably maybe those two coaches will stay with your age group, but it's very rare. Um, but it'll, it'll change every year. Yeah, usually.
0: So, did you see a big jump here this past summer, as everyone kind of in your age group had now had one high school season underneath their belt, kind of playing up against a little bit older competition in the spring? Uh, did you see some sort of a big jump, or did you kind of see the same when it came to
1: competition wise in summer ball? I did see a big jump. A lot of guys got a lot of strong, a lot, a lot bigger and stronger. Um. A lot of well-known guys that I know, not from obviously just my uh, my team, but like other teams across, you know, other guys that I know um, scattered throughout the country that I played against or played with. at like the perfect game, all-American games or whatever. They played varsity baseball as a freshman just like I did. And being able to play against those older guys, you know, those juniors and seniors, um, throwing, you know, up, upper 80s, low 90s, it definitely prepares you for, you know, travel ball when – I mean my age, you'll 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 even see that too. So it definitely, you definitely really did help playing, um, up and other guys too. I could I could definitely tell. I'm like they definitely played varsity baseball because you know they're ready for this. You know ninety ninety one with a wood bat, right? So, um, I definitely did see that. Yeah, for sure.
0: Okay. So do you see a, uh, with you being a freshman that played on varsity last year in that, in just Illinois high school baseball, um, what would you say would be tougher when you're playing for the Sparks, you're playing up against some of the top tier talent of your age group, or when you are a freshman 14, 15 year old playing up against like the 17, 18 year olds uh,
1: in varsity baseball in high school? You know, I'm gonna have to say, I would have to say high school ball because there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of distractions, right? I was, I committed in February so before the season started and I you know my dad did tell me like look you're going to have a target on your back everybody's going to try to say something you know when you you know you strike out you get out i mean every, there's no one's perfect you're going to get out and strike out and things like that are going to happen You just I, I you know i just really had to you know block out you know i mean the teams in our conference and there's you know our conference is really good at baseball this year and actually a lot of people, our conference is like a mainly a baseball conference. So a bunch of people would come out and watch, like a, a lot of people would come out and watch. There'd be student sections, you know, which you don't see much in baseball. And like, you know, we played a road game and, you know, like stuff being said to you and stuff like that. It's, it's definitely tough. There should be at a young age, you know, a freshman. Um, and so, and, you know, obviously, I mean, uh, being able to need to perform um, on top of that, um, you know, it was definitely tough. I say that was definitely harder. And, uh travel baseball with the competition because I feel like it was very similar. Because I, I was able to play in a good conference or baseball and face, you know, for example, uh, a guy that went to El- LaSalle Pruitt, he's now a freshman in Illinois. He was, I mean, I was just a freshman and he we, we go there and play him. He's like 93, 94 in the first inning. I'm just like, wow, man, this is this is a whole new ball game, you know, not yeah. playing eighth grade school ball no more. And that, that's when I really said, you know, okay, all right, you know, I got to step up. You know, I'm not, I'm not just here, for, I'm here for a reason. So it's, I feel like, High school ball is definitely, you know, more of a challenge and definitely harder than uh, travel ball. Yeah, for sure. More pressure. So
0: what is, what is that talent level like generally in Illinois? So for a guy like yourself, guys across the state who did commit to a power five school um, as a freshman or guys who have that potential to in these upcoming years, are they generally making that varsity team as freshmen, you think? Or are there still a lot of guys in Illinois who even though even though they are committed to a power five school, they still have to, you know, kind of fight for a spot and have to compete um, amongst some of the other guys?
1: I would say – I mean, there's some guys that I know that played more in the Chicago area that went to, like, these dominant, like, Catholic schools that had, like, you know, one through nine were already committed. And there's a couple kids in my grade that were already committed to power five schools, but they had to play in the freshman team because it's the school they went to. And, I mean, for sure those guys could play on, you know, you know, the varsity team, um, my team, teams around us, right? Um, But it was definitely – you know, a lot of guys that I know um, for sure would have been able to play um, varsity baseball, but they had, a, you know, just a scenario of what school they went to. And, um, you know, obviously I was, you know, blessed to be able to be in the spot I had. You know, actually the guy in front of me, um, really good friend of mine, Tennessee commit, he actually transferred to a different school about 20 miles away. And then, I you know, I kind of just took that spot. And, um, I mean, that's kind of where he, he actually, he started pitching. He started to become a P.O. And then I'm, and then that's where I got put at third base right there. So okay,
0: so what is that competition level like? I know you said your conference is a baseball conference, but like how often are you generally facing another Power Five commit? Like they're in Illinois in your conference in the suburbs of Chicago. Like does pretty much every team have some sort of guy who's committed to a Illinois, Indiana, Big Ten, ACC school? Or what does that look like in terms of like facing other guys committed to big schools?
1: Actually, you know what? There's um, uh. I would say before last year, for example, freshman year, there was about three um that we faced um in our in our conference alone, three different pitchers. But there's also some other guys that were um I mean there were some other guys throwing 91, 92, but they were committed to these like top JUKO's. So they might have, I don't know, they might have a different view on whatever they want. I mean, those guys could have gone power five for sure, right? Those guys were juniors throwing low 90s, sitting low 90s for like four or five innings. They could have gone power five for sure, but they are committed to like top JUCOs out West and, you know, down South. So, I mean, actually as a freshman, I was like kind of overlooking. I'm like, yeah, hey, I've never heard of these, you know, smaller schools. And I go there and I'm like, these guys are throwing like low 90s. Like why are these guys going there? You know, and then I kind of heard their perspective, like maybe why they chose that, you know, to go there and maybe develop as a player. So, now I mean our conference had about I would say in total five or six guys committed power five. So um not not too bad, but um there was a lot of you know a lot of guys that were still really really good players that that just weren't um that were going to smaller smaller schools, yeah. So for some of those really good
0: players who are committed to JUCOs or just smaller schools in general, you said you did talk to a couple of them. So what was their perspective on going to a JUCO compared to a power five?
1: A lot of them said they wanted, uh, you know, they wanted to develop. Some of them said, you know, maybe, maybe they weren't ready for that power five level yet. And, you know, um, some of them had some of the guys had um, older older siblings or stuff that went to those JUCOs and wanted to follow in their footsteps because they did well there. Um, a lot of them said the same reason to develop. And some of them were, you know, some of the guys were great issues, too. Um, you know, they couldn't get into some of those big schools, so they had to go JUCO um to where you know then they fix their grades then they go up there but um I would say I mean yeah that was really the development part was the biggest thing that's why I mean I would talk to them you know why you know choose you know something like a like an in Illinois Indiana for example um they were just like really just development thing yeah. that's what they yeah So, overall, I know you
0: said that your dad kind of sat you down, told you you're going to have a target on your back as a freshman already committed to a Big Ten school. Uh, But just take us through how last season was like, and then um, I know you said you might be getting some chirps uh, from some student sections across the the conference. So, kind of take us through that a little bit, how last season went.
1: Um, You know, so, actually, the funny part was, the first three games of the year, um, I started out on the sophomore team. And we're playing, you know – we're playing, so we play these three games and every single game, they're like, why is he on the soft team? I was like, look, I didn't say a word about it. I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to say a word about it. You know, if it gets back to the coach, I'm not going to be on that team at all. So I, you know, I didn't say a word and uh, you know, finally when my spot, you know, where um, they actually, the varsity team was going on their annual trip down South to play a, in a tournament. And I, I got invited to go along. Cause I, I mean, I think I went, I would say eight for nine in the first three games on the sophomore team with a home run. So I'm like, all right. So then he, he brings me down there, me and another freshman, who actually is a catcher, um, that both played up. Um, We both went down there. And, you know, some things happen, you know, not playing too well. And me and him get our – I get my chance. You know, I get a base hit and I make a nice play. And I'm like, all right. He's like, okay. And I start the next day. You know, I do well, get two hits, a couple RBIs, and then that's, you know, that's kind of how it started. And I start off the year on varsity, like, pretty decent. Um, You know, maybe like a hit or two a game. Um, you know, there and there. And then it was like towards the end, the final conference stretch, I just went on like a really good hot streak pitching wise, a couple of shutouts, um, you know, a lot of, you know, a couple of home runs here and there. um, So that, that final hot streak. And then now we're playing the school that I mentioned in our conference, number one, seed. you know, with Illinois commit, he had a Creighton commit a couple of small Juco commits and they were, you know, like no one's thinking we're going to win. Um, yeah. You know, we're like the seventh seed. In the in the regional and then we come out in this first inning against Illinois committees ninety two ninety three and we just like we outsmarted them, you know, we're bunting, stealing bags, making smart plays. We put up six in the first inning. It I mean it we never we didn't stop wrestling winning that game totaled three. Yeah. And I mean it was all over the newspaper, everything like that, you know, everywhere, you know, it was that all over and like we were just like, you know, the underdogs in that game really. So um I mean, we felt good after that win. Obviously, we, did, we came up short uh, one nothing in the regional championship to a very good team um, out west. But, you know, throughout the season, I think, you know, I think I ended up batting like 387. Um, first team, unanimous all-conference. Um, but, you know, at, at times throughout the season against those big schools in our conference, even non-conference games, too, I mean, sometimes I'll let, you know, those little things get to my head. But then you know, you know, next step at bat, you know, I regroup. And I said, look, I can't. You know, those little things people may say after I get out, I can't let that affect me. You know, and then I'll I'll come back. You know, get a base knock, and then you know, and I you know, I'd feel better about that. So, um, I mean, I really just kind of stayed, stayed uh level throughout the season. Didn't let much get to me really, and you know, I kind of, and it's still in the same spot right now too. So. Yeah.
0: So after after last season, getting that great experience, being unanimous all conference, what is the outlook on this upcoming sophomore season uh, for you personally? Kind of what some goals you have going into it. And then even like what's the outlook for your guys' team? Like you guys bringing a lot of guys back, graduate some guys, uh, kind of just dig through that a little bit.
1: You know, this year we have one senior, one senior. Right. But we have so many good juniors. Right. We have a bunch of guys that, you know, I mean, there's one junior. So obviously I mentioned that Tennessee commit transferred Right. But. Um, we have a very good solid one through nine this year uh, last year I didn't think we really had that um this year, I think we really do have a really good chance this year i mean i'm 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 expecting you know a regional title a sectional appearance i really am um we have a lot you know one through we i mean we even have guys that will um i mean i those one through nine guys can you know field you know we can do we have a lot of we have a lot of arms as well a lot of pitching too, which is big uh, last year I didn't think we really had that. Uh, this year we have a lot of pitching, I believe. Um, you know, but I'm really expecting a good season out of us. You know, I'm, spe- you know, twenty six, twenty seven, you know, wins out of us, our team. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm really happy and really excited for uh this upcoming season. Really. Yeah.
0: So you mentioned earlier that you guys have an annual trip down south. I mean, yeah. I know Indiana. We don't. We have like two schools that do that, and they're the top tier schools in the state. Like, so I take it Morris is a pretty solid baseball program, especially having. I mean, you said that Tennessee commit as well. Um, so I take yeah. it Morris is a pretty solid baseball program in the state.
1: Yep. Yeah. So,
0: go ahead. Oh no, you go ahead, man. Okay. So, uh, what do you think's kind of what do you think's kind of led to that success? of that Morris program. I know you said you're playing up against top competition w- within that conference with you guys being a baseball conference, uh, but just like going through day to day, your full first season last year as a freshman, what do you think has kind of led to that success?
1: You know, I would say just not like, I mean, people are saying like, you know, Morris is going to be, you know, second, third place in the conference, you know, behind, you know, a, a Sycamore or, you know, a, a, Salle Peru, for example, but, you know, we, I mean, I think last year we did we didn't really let that bother us. I mean, we ended up getting third, right. But, you know, behind, behind two very, very good teams. Um, but I mean, really that's just kind of like staying, you know, flat, you know, not getting too up, not getting too down, just like staying, you know, just flat through the entire season. I think will you know, especially helped us last year. You know, we'll continue into this year. Um, just really, just you know not letting little things affect our team. Like you know, you know, people trying to like you know put put some guys down. You know, I told you know I told some other guys I'm like, look, don't let that affect you, man. You know, stay stay right in the middle the entire time. Don't let anything you know little those little things bother you. And um, I really think that that really helped us. You know, we were kind of underdogs. You know, beating that La Salle Pro team uh knocking the, the one seat off in the first regional game was really a you know a big thing for us and showed that, you know, like just with underdogs, we I mean, we can still play. We can still um play very well. So, you know, that's kind of how I, I mean I don't think it'll be as much like last season. I feel like we'll be more of like a you know a top dog this year, um, especially in our conference and, you know, in the middle part of the state. So, you know, I'm really excited to see what this season has to come.
0: Yeah. So being in the NMSL conference last year, being a power five commit, are you kind of looked at as a leader in that clubhouse or do you think you still have to pay a little bit more dues uh, before people start looking at you as a leader?
1: I said, yeah, pay a little bit more dues for sure. Um, I definitely, you know, definitely was a big talker. Uh, me and the shortstop were, you know, very two good leaders. He's a leadoff guy for our team. Um, he's always been a leader, uh, very good, very, very good three sport varsity athlete. Um, uh so I mean last year i was i would, i would call myself a big leader um you know it was definitely tough having some obviously some older guys you know good players that you know are graduated now are gonna be graduated now um but I'd say I pay a little bit more dues for sure, and then i mean i mean i, I yeah I would say that's yeah about it yeah pay more dues yeah all right. So yeah. you
0: um, dig in a little bit more. I got one more question about travel ball, then we'll go ahead and kind of uh, transition a little bit to the recruiting process because I always love digging into that to kind of see how, like, what uh, landed players at certain schools. Uh, but I also saw that you were a, a PGL American twice. Uh, yes. Yeah. So kind of so take us through both of those experiences and kind of how you would compare uh, that one year to the other when you were back to back PGL American.
1: Um, so I would say, you know, that first year, um, you know, played decent in uh perfect game tournaments um, th- and that's how it got me that spot obviously but at, at that of uh, um uh what was it 15 new age, there was no like you know games for that uh, that was just like you got you know it gets tucked to be that and now was it. um you know, I went to a couple perfect game showcases in the fall, played well and all that and then you know this year I'm like, look, you know, you know if I want to be you know top 100 we'll try to be you know top 100. Uh, 200 of the country. I'm like, look, I gotta, you know, step up this off season stuff. And that was, that was the really biggest thing is the off seasons, really the, you know, the part where everybody goes ghost and then, you know, comes out hot in the summer. And um, I thought that's what I did well, especially, you know, it's a big confidence booster, you know, first team out conference, all that and baseball, you know, bat almost 400 on the varsity level. That was a big confidence booster going into the summer for travel ball, you know, and kind of carried it over. I think it was like probably 360 in summer ball, uh, pitched really well too. I mean, I was trying to think of uh, it was actually two years ago. I pitched against Louisiana uh, Knights Nation, which has Connor had Connor Griffin on the team. Yeah. You know, a bunch of well Presley Colville, Texas a commit, and I mean, that was when I didn't really have a huge uh like um pitch rotation. I really had like maybe two good pitches, and you know, I mean, I went six and two thirds and with one run given up, and we were. I mean. No one. It was a team from Illinois, a bunch of dudes within a radius of forty miles, and these teams were like and National dudes all over the place. And they were like, everybody's overlooking us. A team from Illinois has never been to the USA uh, National Championships, and we end up, you know, getting to the semifinals. Obviously, unfortunately, uh, we got rained out, and they had some MLB thing going on there, so we did not end up getting to play that game against yeah. East Cobb. But you know, it was kind of a bummer. But you know, losing that first game there against you know East Coast Sox was kind of a bummer. But we're like, you know, look. Let's come back. We end up winning the next five games, getting to the you know, we get into the semifinal, you know, beating Knights uh Knights National in the in the quarterfinals against, you know, uh some top ten players in the country all on the same team. And that was really cool. That kind of like kind of told that kind of like sent me a message saying I can play against the top two top teams, the top dudes in the country, really. That was that that's when I was like, okay, you know what? Our, our team can play against anybody, man. You know, I that was that's kind of when I thought I'm like, all right and then yeah and then and then you know i go to a, the all american games have a blast i mean lsu you know get to see a bunch of guys i only really talk to over online um but that was really fun uh, yeah that was uh, back in august um i bumped my pg grade up to a 9 from there um so that was pretty cool and then you know um, and then that's when i got named uh, top prospect team on that from the all American games. And that's what I'm like, all right, now I'll try to get that PG grade to a 9.5, 10 over the winter. So that's, that's kind of like the goal right now for sure. Okay. So,
0: so I take it that USA tournament that was in carry, correct? That was, yeah. Okay. So without, so you've played in quite a few different venues uh, in facilities just in terms of travel ball career so far, yeah. I'm sure you'll play in a bunch more these next couple of years as well, but so far and kind of just the places that you've played at, what do you think is the favorite place, uh, just your
1: favorite facility that you've been to so far? Ooh, um, you know what, I'll have to go with, mm, that's tough, Um, you know, i gonna have to say the, um, i would have to say carry the the main, uh, the main stadium one, so obviously it's like the regular nice field, I mean, it's like be hurt all of them, so like, you know, it's my, not putting out the rest of the fields, but you know, the one with the, you know, the big stadium and the stands, that, that's, you know, that's just one that every kid would want a dream to play on, playing on that one was just like. On real experience, like the best it felt like you know, it felt like the grass felt like turf, but it was actual real grass, you know. It was so cool. I'm sure.
0: All right. So digging a little bit into the recruiting process. So you're staying home, going to Illinois there in Champ Urbana Champagne or Champagne Urbana, whatever however you pronounce it. (laughs) Um staying home, going there. I'm sure what that's probably only what, like an hour away from where you're at in Morris or
1: it's about hour forty-five, yeah. Hour
0: forty-five. Okay. Yeah. I was I was actually in Champagne, uh, Last year, it was it was really cool because I like – I'm an IU student, so I like to go and go to the different Big Ten campuses. And it was super yeah. cool to kind of go to Illinois and kind of see what they had. I mean, it was a great campus. I really enjoyed that. But, no, let's kind of dig into your recruiting process a little bit. Uh, when did that recruiting process kind of get started? And when did you start getting noticed by some Division one teams?
1: Actually, Illinois is the first phone call I ever had with a school. So, that was pretty cool. That was my – it was eighth grade in – I would say July. I went to one of their camps, and I actually hit really well. The cool part was we were hitting off the machine. I actually hit one out to left, like right down left field line, hit off the foul pole. So that was really cool. And uh, that's when I kind of got like grabbed the attention of Coach Chris, who was the one that you know always you know great guy, great coach. I love that guy, and um, he was he was the one that really kind of like okay. And then that wasn't. Then I went to Sparks actually hosts um a college camp where they have a bunch of schools like Mississippi State, all those schools. Look, yeah. Sparks is a real well-known program with um, their, their big two connections are Louisville and Illinois. Like, I mean, I would say about 20 guys have gone to Illinois and about 30 have gone to Louisville from Kansas, City Sparks. So Illinois and Louisville are like the two big feeders for Sparks. So those guys, Illinois and Sparks will or Illinois and Louisville will always be at those games. And, you know, Illinois checking me out at those games a couple games after that um so that was cool and then the the, the sparks uh college camp is when that later that day I got that call first call from them you know I have a really smooth infield hitting really well um you know I've always wanted to go out always since I was a kid so I was always making sure I was near coach Chris whatever he was doing I was trying to be yeah. by him station you know in the station with him and then I get home and then uh, the Sparks director, you know, says, Hey, look, you gotta call Coach Chris in like an hour. And I was like freaking out. I'm like, this is awesome, man. You know, it's so what you know, it was kind of a dream. I mean, I honestly wouldn't really care what school it was, it would just be cool. Um, as an eight, especially as an eighth grader, you know, I start my freshman year in about three, four weeks. So, um, definitely, you know, and then I had that first phone call and actually didn't get one for a while. Uh, you know, nothing really happened you know and then i start to get recruited by other schools like Xavier Alabama Kentucky a little bit with LSU and then i'm like you know i go check out those you know in the winter and stuff like that i'm like you know try to get as much as much stuff in you know i you'll know, go to IU in the in the fall and, and you know some other schools like that and i'm like you know I, I i like Illinois i went back there again uh one more time in the winter and then i get a couple offers over christmas break uh none from Illinois yet though and then I wake up more weeks and then February or I would say late January rolls around, you know, I get, I get out of basketball practice one day and I got to call coach Chris and he says, look, we'd like to give you an offer. And that's when I was like, Oh my gosh, this is awesome. And then, you know, I, I kind of, I, I thought about it. I mean, I'm not going to like, you know, just be like, you know, 10 10 minutes later, I'm going to commit there. Yeah. I really thought about my mom and dad. I looked over all the stuff at the school. Um, I mean, my mom and dad, me, my mom and dad, my sister all went down there again, you know, uh, check it out again. I mean, I've been there ever since I was a kid, so I obviously know what it looks like. Um, but you know, then I, you know, you know, February 13th, I finally made a decision to commit there and it was, you know, I like the way they do it. Um, you know, they, they want you for sure to, you know, commit there, you know, they're not just going to give out a bunch of offers to these kids that, you know, might not commit there, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, it was like, yeah. So that's, you know, kind of how that part went. So, Yeah. So you got
0: to talk to different a bunch of different schools besides Illinois. You said you mentioned there Xavier, Kentucky, Alabama, LSU, a couple other schools you mentioned. Uh, when you could kind of compare just like the initial conversations with some of those teams, did the majority of coaches and recruiting recruiting coordinators kind of go about it the same way, or were there a couple coaches that kind of stood out in just in terms of being a little different when it came to uh, just some of those first conversations?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know. I would say, you know, all the SEC schools were kind of similar. They all had like the same kind of stuff. And I I talked to some older guys that played for Sparks. I had the same conversations with guys. I mean, all the same stuff I'm hearing from about you guys. So I feel like I'm getting the same information that, you know, 30 other guys might be getting. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Illinois really kind of like, they, I mean, they would be like asking stuff like, how's school? How's all this stuff? How's life outside of baseball? How, you know, what are you doing? Like they really kind of cared. I mean, I had calls with coach Chris before I was even committed there for like an hour and a half, hour 45. Those sec schools were like quick minute, quick eight minute calls. Right. Um, you know, I feel like they really cared a lot about the guy they're recruiting and what they, who they really want. And that's when that, that kind of drove me more towards the Illinois side than anything. So that was pretty cool. I mean, you know, being able to have you know that's you know that type of a power five program, you know, top team in the Big Ten, really care about you that much. I mean, really meant to me a lot.
0: Yeah. So as you were going through that process, obviously you said Illinois was kind of a dream school for you growing up, uh, kind yeah. of just being an hour forty five minutes away from Champaign, um, and just obviously having that great connection with Coach. You said Coach Chris is his name. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um. So besides that, were there a couple other schools besides Illinois that potentially finished second or third? In that process, in that decision process,
1: yeah, I would say uh, Indiana was one of them. Um, Xavier was too. You know, a Billy O'Connor at Xavier, really great guy. I mean, he really cares about you know his players and what he you know what he's doing. He does does a great job there. I mean, I, I mean, my dad after I committed the summer, or after I committed, I mean, even the summer, my dad would see him and still talk to him and have a good conversation. But I would too. So he's he's such a great guy. I mean, like Xavier's, a, you know, not a power five school, but like. You know, look, I mean, who really cares? You know, I mean, they're still in the Big East, right? But when you have a coach like that, that that's what really dro- drove a couple of, actually guys from Sparks to commit there this winter or this, you know, this fall, actually. Yeah. So I would say, you know, definitely uh, Indiana Xavier was there, too, and Kentucky was. So okay. those, you know.
0: So as you were going through that process and you can compare. Shit. Never mind. Let me restart because this question <laughs> I kind of want to, like, put onto social media. So I want to make sure it sounds good. Uh, yeah. i'll restart that question um so if you could kind of go through and kind of compare xavier iu kentucky um compared to illinois and kind of what put illinois on top what was that that just put illinois just slightly better than those three other schools and kind of just made you actually commit there there last february
1: definitely i would have to go definitely with their academics um you know a top tier school top 30 you know top 30 school or sorry uh you know a top uh I would say 30 school um, in the country come to academic wise, you know, I mean, you always got to think about life after baseball too. You know, you get a degree from Illinois, you do, you know, opens up to you with a lot of options, you know, stuff like that. Uh, I'd say a lot of big 10 schools like that too, really. Um, and, you know, the academics, I mean, they have a lot of stuff that I want to do, um, you know, when it comes to that. And it's like, you know, you're not just, I mean, you're not just going there to just play baseball. You gotta go to school too. Right. You have to do school. And, um, you know, and you gotta have fun doing it too. And I feel like Illinois, um, I talked to some of their players that I want to do what they do and they say they have a great time doing it. It's fun doing it. They wake up, you know, ready to enjoy like what they're doing in school and class. So, um the the, the academics was the big part I feel like that was like the top number one um my parents really care about school and how I do well in school I mean they really really do they drive me to be the best I possibly can in school you know and stuff off the field not just on the field and um that was definitely number one academics wise
0: okay so what is it that you want to do you've mentioned that you've talked to players who are doing things you want to do what exactly is that? Like, have you thought about a certain couple degrees that you might want to go for once you get there? Uh, where, where's your mindset there on that?
1: You know, they have, you know, they have an aviation program. Um, I do like that. I've always wanted to be a pilot ever since I was a little kid. Um, the, the business school, that was the biggest part. Um, you know, business stuff, you know, numbers, all that stuff I like, I like dealing with. And um, I say the public speaking too, as well. Uh I do really well with that. I like, you know, I I enjoy talking, you know, to other people, especially like, you know, that I really don't know. Um, I have no no problem with that. And um I feel like that's what business really like, you know, has, you know, um, you know, my dad being a lawyer, my mom being in the business part of it. So I feel like, you know, that's kind of how I, I kind of get it from them and I kinda wanna, you know, follow what they do. And, you know, Illinois also does a law school too. So that would be kind of like the third one. So those, those three, I'm like, man, I got three options to choose from and all three that I really like a lot. So that's, that's kind of how it is. I mean, a lot of guys my age probably don't really think about that, what they want to do. Maybe like after, you know, well, let's just say, you know, something goes wrong, you know, you can't play baseball anymore. You know, that there's your, there's your thing, you know, you got to go with, you know, real life world, you know, job and all that. So that's what, you know, I always think worst case scenario and that's kind of how it is, you know, um. And um, that's, you know, uh, academics and, you know, that stuff is really big, really big part of it. Yeah. yeah.
0: it's I mean, it's a great thing, especially with you committing as a freshman. I mean, it's great to see uh, that you're thinking about four or five years down the road, what it's going to look like uh, academic side of things besides just on the baseball field. But do you kind of remember uh, what that day was like? What day? Sorry. Do you remember when it was where you where Illinois kind of just stood out and you kind of knew exactly when you're like, okay, I'm committing to Illinois, they've kind of proven themselves above those couple other, those couple other schools that I'm considering?
1: Definitely when they, so actually really, um, it was a day in the winter, I went down there and I saw the way, I really, my dad told me to really pay attention to the way the players act to each other, you know, to the coaching staff and, you know, and I, I mean, just seeing guys act like that was, you know, like these guys are top tier dudes. They're respectful. They know what they're talking about. They're smart guys. So, I mean, that when I saw that, I'm like, look, I mean, they're creating not only good baseball players every day, but they're creating good guys. I mean, so, that, I mean, that's a big part off the field. Um, So definitely, man, that kind of drove me there. Um, You know, I mean I'm just having a huge a huge nice new indoor facility that's like you know a top 10 in, indoor facility in the country in baseball wise I mean so that that too and you know just you know how how their players really act on the baseball field I feel like I remember you know seeing like Tennessee dudes like act like that I'm like I guarantee you no team really from the, not just Illinois really from the Big 10 I feel like would like you know just act like that so I feel like just the way they just, you know, you know, put themselves out there and the way they, you know, show themselves and act on the field and off the field as well. It kind of just was like, you know, I like I like those guys and like the way they play and what they do. And I'm like, you know, that 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 kind of really drove me. I'm like, I like, the, I, like I like what the coaching staff is doing with these guys for sure. That was so the biggest true. part.
0: So as you're going through the recruiting process and you kind of got to see the inside of a big 10 program compared to a sec program there with a couple of those schools that were talking to you, big East program. Uh, what do you think there's kind of a difference when it comes to, uh, just sec baseball compared to big 10 baseball or even big East baseball compared to big 10 baseball?
1: I feel like, you know, sec baseball, a lot of those guys come from down there and they've always lived down there. Um, and I, I just feel like, you know, those Big 10 players really, I mean, you know, they got to play in harsh conditions, man. Those SEC guys, I feel like, you know, they're always playing warm weather no matter what. I mean, those Big 10 dudes, I have re- respect for every single one of those guys, not just Big 10, Big East guys, you know, got, you know, up Northeast. I mean, those, I mean, playing in like that weather is just tough. I mean, playing in Illinois, Indiana, Midwest in general, I mean, that's how it is for high school ball too. I mean, I had to play, you know, 26 degree weather. You know, and it was you know, snowing. So it's like that, I mean that's I mean, I went to an Illinois game, and it was snowing. You know, they're not gonna have a nice game for like the first 17, 18 games. I mean, that's what Coach Chris said. It wasn't above like 60 degrees for the first almost 20 games. And I said, you know, look, those guys have grit and like they were playing like it was it was like 80 degrees outside. They were playing like this is they're like, This is nothing. So I was like, you know, this kind of shows, and then you know, um it was kind of like I feel like the big ten players kind of have a different like i would say like um mental part of it um i i mean like you know i feel like when i was watching so i was watching georgia tech versus tennessee at tennessee it was a great game you know georgia tech almost beat tennessee in the regional and i remember just seeing like jordan back like flip off the center field guys around on first base i feel like i would never see that you know in big 10 baseball or like yeah. you know drew gilbert from tennessee you know like you know, turn around the umpire and getting ejected. I, I don't think I've ever heard, you know, I mean, Coach Chris was actually saying those examples to me. He's like, look, that would never happen at our, 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 you know, at our school our on our squad or anybody we play really in the Big Ten. I, mean, I don't feel like he said you feel like that would never happen. So I feel like there's kind of a difference in the way the game style, you know, the play style is and uh, the different, you know, compared to SEC and, you know, Big Ten. I feel like there's a different play style and a different coach's point of view. I feel like that's you know I feel like there really is that I mean I see it all over Twitter you know a lot of people you know bashing those SEC coaches and some of those players there I feel like you never really get that towards those Big Ten schools Big East schools really I feel like that's how it is.
0: So with Coach Chris and that Illinois coaching staff, obviously you had a solid relationship with them to commit in general. But since you have since you did commit last this past February, how has that relationship how has that evolved? Um, just these past you know
1: ten months. You know I mean. You know, I'd be very like, you know, I would say more like, you know, kind of timid and very like, um, you know, I'm t- like, like I'm talking to the president, you know, when I first started talking to him, you know, it was, it was you know, I mean, that's how it was everybody I feel like. Um, and now I could just call him like, he's like a coach of mine. I mean, Obviously, he's not my coach yet, but he's like a coach of mine. He, you know, when I talk to him, he sounds like, a, you know, a good friend of mine that I know. And it's yeah. just easy to really yeah. easy to talk to him, really easy to have conversations, just really cares about what you're doing. And he, you know, makes sure your, you know, your grades are doing well. That's the big part, you know. I can't, you can't get an Illinois with bad grades, especially. I mean, look, just because you're an athlete doesn't doesn't mean you just, you know, get to screw off in school. That's he, he. definitely keeps me straight with that, um, and definitely, you know, making sure I'm doing well. And you know, I, I feel like it's just like it's really easy to talk to him now, and then the re- relationship is just like grown, and it's progressed for sure, hundred percent. Yeah. So when it
0: comes to the the just your future teammates there at Illinois, you said that the Sparks are a kind of a feeder program for Illinois. So I'm sure you have some sort of relationship with some in-state guys who are heading to Illinois. Uh, but just what are some of those relationships you have with potentially some guys who are currently on the team or some guys in that 23, 24, 25 class that are committed there to Illinois?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of those actually over Thanksgiving break – I was able to work out with a couple guys in Illinois I knew, um, so they a lot of those guys like to come back. A lot of them live near, near the uh, Bodon which is like the center for the Sparks, right? That big indoor facility, and they'll come back, and I'll be able to see them. You know, and I'll, it's so easy to talk to those guys. And I mean, I'm I'm getting ground balls with you know maybe future big leaguers someday. You know, guys that are be in the draft. Like I was mean, throwing, throwing ground balls to Justin Janice, who now plays, you know, in the Atlanta, Atlanta Braves organization, who was a really good hitter for Illinois in the Big Ten. And, uh, I mean, just being able to work out with those guys, you know, kind of really made me, like, think, like, you know, it was really fun to talk to those guys, too. And, and that, was, that was even before I was committed. And I'm like, you know, and then obviously now I still, you know, I can – they came back a couple you – the know, last week. And I was able to go up there and, you know, work out with them and stuff like that. And it was just really fun. And, um, you know, having a really – the Sparks the sparks being the huge part, that's, that's the huge part in, of it, of me having those really good relationships with those uh, Illinois guys at Illinois right now and ones that will be going there that played um, for Sparks. So, um, obviously, I had a really good relationship with um, Justin Jefferson, who, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, died last year. Uh, who was committed to Illinois uh, he would have been there next year um, but you know he's a really great guy really fun guy to be around I feel like you know I felt you know like it was really fun to be around all those Illinois guys really it was and it was you know nice to be able to hang out with them and work out with them you know and you know it was a big part you know the sparks took a big part of it yeah. Yeah. So when you're
0: around guys like Justin Janice and guys who at the time were projected top major league draft picks, oh, guys who are quite a few years older than you, what are some different ways that you go about just picking their brain and just kind of learning more about the game of baseball?
1: Yeah. I mean, they they say you know, look, playing those guys, they, you know, they would always tell me you know, short memory. Um, you know, you can't you can't you got to have a short memory when you play college baseball no matter what level. And that they would always make you know they would tell me a bunch of things and, you know, it's, a, they would tell me too much that I I, I can only remember some of them. And uh, you know, the big one, the big one was definitely the short memory part. I mean, Justin Janis tell me, you know, like, look, you missed ground ball, big deal. Go get the next one. Right. I mean, that's what obviously a lot of people say that, but you know, I feel like those guys really drove a lot of messages into me that, you know, changed the way I play the game of baseball. And those guys obviously got that from the guys at Sparks and you know, if those guys aren't there working out with me, those guys at Spark should tell me the same exact thing. Yeah. So I feel like I all get the same message being with that program, I get the same I would get the same message as without if I was with, you know, you know, working out with the guys in Illinois. And so overall, I mean, they just, you know, drive a lot of things into me and make sure, you know, I'm straight and I'm I'm good, know what I'm doing. So that's that's kind of how it is, yeah.
0: All right. So when it comes to you actually playing on the field, um, I know you are a third baseman and a pitcher. Uh you're two way player right now. Have you talked to the coaching staff at all? Or do you kind of have an idea in what the plan is going to be once you head to college in terms of potentially being just a position player or going both ways um
1: in college? He said, you know, uh he's, you know, leaning towards obviously more like, you know, definitely a fielder and hitter. Um, but he said obviously, you know, you know, still Going in there as a two way could still be a possibility. You know, he still wants that. You know, no changes really. But you know, obviously, I I kind of want to lean towards the you know the hitter and uh, you know third baseman. I like playing the field, and hitting, uh, best part of the game. I think um, is hitting. Uh, and um, and he's definitely like definitely leaning towards both. You know, both two way. But I mean, if it has to come with one, he'd probably choose me and have me be a fielder and a hitter for sure. So okay.
0: Well then let's kind of dig into just your overall hitting, overall fielding a little bit. Then we'll move on to pitching as well. Uh but when you are in the batter's box or even on the on deck circle, kind of what take us through your approach a little bit on just what's going through your mind um as you're in the on deck circle walking up to the batter's box and kind of just uh just take us through
1: uh what what's going through your mind. You know, honestly really nothing. It is, you know, I kind of tr- clear everything up. Uh, you know, just thoughts on, you know, my mental approach. Uh it's just kind of like, look, you know, no matter who the pitcher, speed, I'm trying to go right center. You know, stay that way. Um, really stay that way. I train actually with uh Christian Napchik's dad. So he's Christian Napchik's uh, second baseman at Louisville, really good fielder, you know, probably would go high high in this year's drafts. I, I train with his dad and he's like, Look oppo you know right center gap right center and that's what that's why I really drive into my head and then he thinks look mid think a middle away on the plate and then if it comes in then just turn on it right so that's kind of what I think and I'm thinking always fastball you know I'm always thinking fastball and then just off speed right and then you know I'm thinking you know stay true to myself you know don't chase really that's the biggest thing is you know the chasing part don't chase and then you know also the situation what I got you know I was more you know obviously you know as a freshman, I'm thinking, well, I bunted like six or seven times. I mean, I never really bunted that much in my life. I don't think I really ever bunted before that. I had two walk-off bunts in the year. I mean, I'm thinking, look, I haven't had a great game so far. I'm like maybe 1-3, for 0-3, oh not hitting well off this kid. So I'm like, look, I'm going to make the best of the situation. I have a really fast guy at second base, leadoff hitter. I'm going to push bunt right, to, towards the first baseman because he's playing like 10, 15 feet behind the bag. So – I go down there and call time. And I say, look, coach, give him the steal sign. I'm going to push bunt this, almost like kind of like a weak, really weak hit to yeah. the right side. I pushed on it, and he's, it wasn't even close. He was saved by a mile. He stood up, and we won, we won the game because of that. You know, it was like the 15, 16 inning. We, um, we were playing on a field, at their field, and they didn't have lights. So it was almost dark out. It was like 7 o'clock in like May. Well, it was actually it was like probably out of state early April, so it would get dark out at like 7, 15, 7, 30. And it was like, I mean, it was like that was the last thing." It was like last opportunity. I'm like, look, I'm gonna do this. And I said, look, I mean, it's all about I always think about the situation, you know, who's on, got, you know, what the pitcher got and you know where the you know, where the infielders at, you know, where the outfielders at really. I feel like I, I mainly get a shift to left. I pull the ball decent, but I'm also like I also spread the field really well. I mean, I hit it all over the all all over the um all over the outfield, all over places. But the mental approach really when I'm on deck is just, you know. I, you know, take take a deep breath, clear everything out, you know, forget about last at bat, whatever it was, you know, I got a new bat right in front of me, new at bat right in front of me. And, you know, I take, you know, I, the pitcher, I make, I, I kind of like, I like to be, even if it's on, off the on deck circle, I like to be even in the batter's box where I'm going to be in the batter's box. I feel like that's like the best timing mechanism um, that I get down, you know, I time up all pitches. I see, you know, when I'm on deck, I see the arm angles of maybe I feel like a lot of guys at the uh, when I was a freshman, especially like maybe eighth grade, they had like different arm angles for some of the pitches. So I could tell I'm like oh you know this kind of side side arm angle is gonna be like an off speed pitch and over the top is gonna be fastball. And I feel like I got that down really well during school ball and travel ball, really in school ball and it carries on carried over to travel ball. So the mental, you know the mental approach was definitely you know something I had in the back of my arsenal that I really you know really was able to help me.
0: Yeah. So for for that walk-off bunt, I mean that is a s- extremely high IQ play, uh, high I- baseball IQ play. So kind of where does that IQ come from? Like did you kind of just always have that sort of baseball IQ or have you kind of worked on
1: that in the past couple of years? You know, when I got into that pro uh, you know, obviously Morris's high school program, he kind of drove he like he looked I get that you're, you know, power five commit, you know, a lot of the spotlights really just on you. And he goes, like, you know, put the team first, right? You know, you haven't been hit well in this game. Not the best game, right? A couple of errors in the field. I'm like, I haven't had – I mean, be honest, I did not have a good game so far. But he's like, he's like, look, make a change. Put your t- put your team first. I mean, it's like, I don't care if you get out. There's only one out. You know, get the guy – you know, at least third base. Maybe forced to throw to first base. I'm like, look. And he's like, you know, you got a, I got a hot hitter behind me. He's like he's – like, he's, like, he's like two for three, three for three with a home run. So, I feel like he – Either way, I was putting myself in a good situation. He said, you know, kind of the put your team first, kind of like when you, when I first got in that program, it was kind of like, you know, it's school ball. I feel like travel ball, you kind of play for more like your recruitment and stuff like that, more exposure. School ball is like, a, you know, I feel like it's, you know, more of a team thing. And I'm like, look, I got to put my team first. And if this if this is what I got to do, I got to do it. And I said, all right, let's do it. And then that's how he was really, I mean, I, I was really, he was really proud of what I did. Um me thinking ahead and saying look this is a situation uh that I feel like I should I should you know do you know make him steal and hit that push bunt uh down the first base line and you know I feel like that was you know what he, what really drove me when he said that you know put the team first was the huge part and I'm like I've it's ever been my head ever since so
0: yeah. So for, for a player to go up to his coach and be like, hey, get, give the guy on second base the steal sign. I mean, that takes a lot of confidence, even even for a 17, 18 year old guy who's a, who's a senior talking to his coach. But for you, as you know, I'm assuming you were probably 15 last spring. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: what like what type of confidence did you have kind of going up to your coach there, the third base coach and being like, hey, put the, that guy at second base or leadoff hitter, give him the steal sign and I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and bunt this towards the first baseman. Like what type of confidence did that take?
1: You know, it definitely took a lot, um, but I also had a good relationship with him, uh, the head coach. So it definitely felt a lot easier, a lot more like you know, definitely put me a lot ease. A lot, a lot, it was definitely a lot easier to be able to talk to him, and be like, look, yeah, yeah you know, you got to have him steal, um, on this pitch. Um, I'm gonna get this bunt down for you because you know, I built that relationship up with him over the winter and early spring, and that that kind of made. I mean, I still had definitely a lot of confidence to, you know, say that to him. Obviously, you know, you don't you don't just say something to the coach. You know, he may, he may or may not like it. You know, who knows, right? But it definitely did take a lot of confidence to say that to him. But it was definitely, you know, the relationship that I had built with him made it a lot easier for me to say that to him. Yeah. And, he, you know, he trusts me. He trusts me a lot to do that. So and I, I did it, and I did it for him. So did okay. it for the team. So that was how it was, yeah. Yeah. So, are you
0: a big two-strike approach guy, or do you kind of keep that same approach as you go through that at bat?
1: Oh, two-strike, uh, two-strike approach. I just try to put it in play. Um, you know, definitely put it in play. I I'm not a big choke up guy. I never really choked up on the bat, really ever. You know, I mean, I use a 33 and a half goods, uh, which is kind of weird. Uh, it's the only bat that makes a 33 and a half. I like it a lot. You know, perfect size. You know, 34 a little too big. 33, you know, kind of just a little too small. So like right there, never really had to choke up. Um, I never really choked up, but I widened my stance a little bit and, you know, me being a lengthier guy, I feel like I get, I can get a lot of pitches, get to a lot of pitches with the widened stance. So that was, you know, definitely me doing that, um, you know, widened stance and just think away, away, away and just trying to put the ball in play.
0: Okay.
1: That, was, that, that Yeah. Yep. Those.
0: So do you stick with that 33 and a half inch bat for when you go to the wood bat tournaments or um, what do you use when you're in the wood bat tournaments?
1: I have a 33 and 33 and a half wood. Um, You know, with a guy throwing, I would say anything like under 88, 89, I'm going to use a 33 and a half, but anything above that, low 90s, I'm going to use a 33 Uh, just for a little bit bit more bat speed. Um, But – I'm a big unloaded guy. I like I like the heavy bat that'll you know produce more juice. So that's why definitely sometimes it's harder to get a thirty-three and a half round, especially with a you know, very unloaded weighted goods. Um, but you know, you know, when you obviously when you get a hold of once it's just it's gonna go. Um uh, but yeah, that's you know, with travel ball I definitely do stick with that, you know, same size of wood, yeah.
0: So what is that transition process going from obviously you're using the aluminum not aluminum bats or wh- whatever the BB core bats in high school yeah. um what's that transition going from that to actually using wood bats for certain tournaments in the summertime and then back to non-wood bats
1: You know um definitely it's definitely it's big difference right um people say that you know, BB core and wood's the exact same that's not true um you know with the goods, I mean, I had a couple of home runs where I just flung my arms out and it's going 365, 370 for a home run on a left field line. With a wood bat, you can't do that. It's going to be a routine fly ball to left field, no matter how really strong you are, especially at my age. I mean, you're not going to be able to flick it with your hands and it goes 380, right? So that's why it's, it's definitely – it's a, it's a, it's a uh, pitch selection thing with wood, right? You got to choose a better pitch, really. You got to – I feel like I, you know, make my zone a little bit smaller my, my, you know, my big sweet spot, you know, and I mean, I don't change anything about my swing. I don't swing any harder, any less, same thing. It's just like, I gotta, I gotta choose a better pitch to hit. You know, I'm a, I, I you know, with a Luna bat, I'm not really going to get sawed off. It might, yeah. you know, stay a little bit, but it might, it might get through for base hit wood it's going to probably going to break or it's, it's, it's going to go nowhere. Right. Same with the outside pitch. So I feel like I got to make, you know, pitch selections got to, you know, kind of, I got to zone in a little bit, a little bit more especially with the wood bat, smaller, sweet spot. It's just, you know, a piece of wood, really, that you're swinging. Uh, I guess the dude throwing hard, you know, good off-speed pitches and stuff like that. So it's a pitch selection thing, and, uh, you know, goes back to the mental approach thing. I got to, you know, swing up better pitches uh to, for me to produce more solid, good hits with the wood bat.
0: Yeah. So you said you are a lengthier guy. So could you kind of take us through just the mechanics of your swing, just from that load up all the way through that finish and kind of how maybe being lengthier is either a um, a pro or a con?
1: I'd say more of a, you know, it's definitely a pro. I, you know, a lot of guys my age are, you know, six, three, six, four, like I am, are not built in their body, but I, I've always really been built in my body. You know, I grew at a, you know, a steady rate and me being built my body, you know, I have full control over everything. And, you know, I have, a, you know, I would say a decently, I mean, not definitely straight up and down, right, stance, but it's, it's decent, decently wide, not too wide, but right, right in the middle. Yeah. And, you know, me having long arms and a 33-and-a-half-inch bat and me being able to step that way, I'm going to get to a lot of things, right? I, I mean, something that's ridiculous out of the zone, I'm not going to obviously swing at, but something that, you know, I got to protect, especially in the two-strike approach, I can get to and foul, at least foul it off. So that's – it's definitely a pro. For sure. I mean, you know, some guys might have a different, you know, saying that they're not, you know, used to being that tall and lengthy, but definitely a pro for me. I mean, you know, it's it has a lot of benefits, really. Uh, you know, maybe like a con might be this, you know, something low I don't think I can get to uh, you know my collar strike still, but then I'll be like, all right, now I I mean I can get to that. I mean, it's something I don't want to swing oh o or oh one, but oh two, now I gotta learn that you know I gotta swing at that. Or I mean, it's gonna be, I'm not gonna, you know, try to be called out in strikes. I'm going I'm to try to get that with two strikes and get down there and try to put in play. So, yeah. All right. So, digging it. So,
0: flipping around a little bit to when you're actually on the pitcher's mound. Uh, can I take us through what your pitching repertoire is? Uh, Kind of maybe uh, just your different grips and maybe the, the velos of those different pitches you got.
1: Yeah. So, um, pitching side, it's like, it's the strikes part, basically. Walks, I mean, are the biggest, like, I feel like it hurts you the most in baseball. Walks, I mean, kind of, I can bring somebody down for sure. Um, you know, I try to limit walks. That's the biggest thing. Like, look, if he gets a base hit, you know, good. But I rather I rather have him get a single than me me walking him. Right causes yeah. you know more pitches, all that. You know, shortens up your you know shortens up your outing. Um, I've definitely I've developed a really good curveball, really really good curveball. Um, I've always had a really good changeup, and move, I can I can either move it in to right hand batter, or I can move it away. I can do both of that. And uh, the curveball really helps too. And I have like a faster cutter, more towards up to my fastball speed. You know, I think over the summer I got up to like eighty eight. I mean, I mean eighty eight point nine. You can call it eighty nine, really. Uh, so, um, definitely, it was. I'm like, you know, over the winter, I'm, you know, spring, I'm trying to be like ninety one, eighty two, right? And that's what I work on every day. Plyos, bands, mobility is the biggest thing for me. I'm decently flexible, but I can definitely be, definitely always can be better at something. So, my mobility, I try to be the best at. Okay. Uh, that, feel like, I feel like if I had better mobility, I could have been, like, a mile or two faster during the summer, like, 90, 91 during the summer. But I didn't really, I didn't really have that great mobility. So, that kind of limited me at, like, 89 right there at the highest. So, um, but I, try, you know, I'm like, look, I mean, middle, or not middle school, sorry. High school ball, I could like, kind of overpower some guys with 89. But, like, I said, you know, look, we play those good teams with the power five commits. They're going to be able to hit that no problem. So I'm like, look, I got to, you know, locate those those fastballs. I can't put them right over the plate. I got to locate them. And I got to, you know, mix and off speed a lot too. Start them off with a curveball, maybe give them a changeup, then go fastball, and then maybe come back to that. That was, like, pitch selection is the biggest thing. And, you know, I got to know the hitter, know what he did the last at bat, know what he doesn't like to hit, know what he does like to hit. And that's when I'm like, okay, you know. That's what I think in between innings, you know, with our uh, you know, when I'm, you know, not hitting or about to hit, um, and when I'm pitching, um, and I'm not on deck or anything, I'm I'm, I'm in the dugout thinking to myself, okay, you know, I got the bottom order coming up, you know, seven eight nine, I'm not trying to walk these guys. You know, they're I'm you know, they're not obviously the best here on the team. Yeah. Uh so I'm not I'm not gonna let them have free backs. I'm gonna try to attack him with fastballs, and that's that's how it is. Obviously in one through four, I'm not gonna try to do that right away. But seven, eight, nine, when I'm down that order, I'm going to try to attack him with fastballs. So that's, you know, the pitching part is, you know, kind of like pitch selection to me and, you know, knowing what to throw to some certain guys and knowing the situation and knowing what I got to do to get done, to, you know, to move on to the next out.
0: Okay. So, with you in a way, kind of being a primary third baseman and pitching, kind of being just that secondary position, even though you are still pitching quite a bit. Uh, kind of, what take us through what your arm care is um, during the off season? I know you say you're doing plyos and bands right now, uh, but do you kind of have like a deload process, like the majority of like POs have, or with you being a primary position player, uh, do you kind of do it a different way than most POs?
1: Yeah, I definitely do it with different uh, than like what POs would do. Um, but, obviously, I'm like, look, I obviously, you know, you hurt your arm. Obviously, you're not going to be able to hit too. So, I definitely make make sure that arm care is definitely pretty well. You know, obviously, before I pitch, I got to, you know, I, I, before I pitch, I like to be, like, not, like, dripping sweat, but I like to get a little sweat going. You know, I feel like that's, you know, I feel like that's best for me, especially, like, the cold. I got to get a little sweat going. And I, even when I'm throwing a bullpen inside a dome, I'm still the same way. It does not change. It's the same time every time when I'm going to throw 100%, right? Uh, obviously I haven't thrown 100% in a while, but I'm, I'm working up to that. I'm like, you know, 85 right now, 85% right now. Um, uh, the catch is the biggest part, you know, playing catch with intent of where I'm throwing. Even when I'm playing catch to warm up for infield, I'm still thinking about the pitching part. You know, I'm trying to hit my target right there in the chest every single time. And, you know, obviously before I pitch, you know, a bunch of plials, not a ton, but, you know, different weighted balls. You know, I'll work up with the heavier ones, and then get to lighter ones that are lighter than the baseball, and then the baseball right in between. I'll throw a couple times of catch before I get the catcher gets down to throw. Band work too. I like to do both arms to kind of just get the left side. I don't want my left side of you know my body just to be completely tight because that's still I you know my pitching form. Everybody's pitching form still requires you know everything to be warmed up and ready to go. So that is um, definitely a big part of it. Um, and then mobility. I always do a lot of hip stuff before and I would still do that after I pitch as well too and I'll do bang work after I pitch and then I like to ice no matter what. I mean obviously it doesn't it doesn't hurt but I just like to ice no matter what after I'm done. Yeah so if you were a scout watching
0: your game so this can be on the mound in the dugout in the batter's box or when you're playing that hot corner if you had to write a personal scouting report on yourself what would that scouting report kind of look like?
1: You know, one that always, uh, you know, always hustling no matter what just happened. You know, okay, you know, I strike out, I come back to the box, I'm running out there to third base, right? You know, ready to go, ready to make a play. I'm clearing that out of my mind, that last thing that happened, you know, and, and having, you know, ha- having a good demeanor, you know, when I'm on the mound, don't not letting little things affect me, zoning everything out, and especially when I'm in the batter's box too, same thing. Same thing goes, just like if I'm at third base or on the mound. Um, one always cheering on his teammates no matter the situation, whether I'm up or down. That's why I try to stay, you know, this throughout the entire time. And um, one that respects, you know, his coaches, other players too. Um, you know, obviously, baseball baseball and football is kind of different. You kind of you kind of get away with saying something or doing something. Um, basketball you really can't. Everybody's yeah. the court, the stand. You know, the people watching are like really right on top of you and they hear everything. Um, but baseball, you know. You know, definitely um, liked always talking out there. Obviously, I'm at the you know, I play short a lot too in travel, but I probably hit like short like 85% of the time, 90% of the time, which is you know, let me be like, Man, you're a six three, six four shortstop, but you know, me being able to move pretty quick. Obviously, I I my you know, my, my PG profile says like a seven one, but that was from two years ago, right? I'm probably at like a six seven, six, you know, six eight right now, yeah. you know, like a I think it's like a four forty. So, um, definitely like being a leader, especially when I'm at short, no matter what I'm doing, really, I'm trying to be a leader wherever, whatever position I'm at. Okay. So So looking looking at that scouting report,
0: what would be maybe the biggest or just the biggest couple things that you're wanting to work on before you head to Illinois campus here in that fall of 2025?
1: Definitely, you know, flexibility. Um, that's a big one. All the guys are super flexible in this. These dudes that weigh 240 pounds, I can just do like the splits at all. So I'm like, oh my gosh, that's something I'm like, I want to be able to do that. I mean, that's not like, that's just being able to be really flexible. It shows that you're really flexible. And then strength for sure. I mean, I've improved. I mean, last year I was, I was barely able to bench like 135 on a plate and now I'm getting like 205, 210. So that's like a 75 pound, you know, 80 pound jump yeah right that's that's kind of how that that's how it is for all my lifts right um so definitely uh and then you know speed speed is another one too i'm trying to you know see if you want to play even third let alone maybe even short no i want that to be like a you know like a six five high six four sixty right now it's like a six seven so that's why i want to try to keep it you know keep on lowering the time every single time i try to do it um and that's, you know, those like three, four things, like the biggest one that I really want to work on before I get there. Okay.
0: All right, man. Well, I've got five more questions here for you. We got five minutes left in this Zoom meeting. So I guess let's, let's see if we can go ahead and knock them out that way. I don't have to send a third link and have, have to, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so I got five questions. I kind of like to end off the podcast with every, every person I get on. Um. So that question number one, Um, So as you kind of go through your career, obviously you played for the Sparks, played for a great baseball uh, high school program. Um, Who do you think would be the couple most influential people so far within your baseball career?
1: Definitely my dad. Uh, He's the one that pushes me every single day. You know, not only be a great baseball player, but a good student and a good person in general. You know, that kind of goes to my mom, too. You know, my hitting mentors. I mean, the guy that I work with hitting is also he also does uh, stuff online the mental part of the game and he'll do lessons every tuesday night um like a, and you know 30 30 45 minutes and he really helps me in the mental side of the game but not only that you know mental side of life you know waking up every day you know he the big parts you know you wake up you win the day and then you win the week and then you win you know the win the month and then you win the year you become better at, you want to become better at one you want to become better at you know one thing a day it doesn't have to be baseball related is that, you know, it just has to be, you know, just in general, related. but those, you know, those kind of three people are a huge, you know, huge part of it. Yeah. All right.
0: All right. So you kind of kind of answered my next question, but leading into that. Uh, so what is it that kind of just motivates you every day? Uh, just kind of go up and kind of win the day. You said win the week, win the month, win the year. Uh, what is it that kind of motivates you just to go ahead, wake up every morning
1: and win that day? You know, uh, I would say, you know, definitely motivate me is like, um, I'm gonna have to go with definitely motivate you know what he says. I write a lot of the things he says down in, in his uh set lessons, like or his sessions. I mean, I have like I would say a full sheet each time he does something, I have uh, almost something full down. I put them on like a little pin board. I look at those things every single day and I say, okay. And then also, another thing is like you know, I go to those perfect game, all American games, do well, Pedro get nine, and I'm like, you know, like, like, I would say, like. 412 in the country and i was like that i'm like whoa my dad's like look how that motivate you and i'm like i was really confused by that and i was like you know pbr is like 200 something you know like i would say like 180 and from pbr ranking like nationally yeah but a perfect game of, you know i actually have a printout of that like on that board so i see it every single day and every time I, you know every time i work out i'll, I'll look at that before i leave for a workout or before i go hit and it just motivates me every single day. And then next time I go to a showcase, I'm just, you know, like, look, man, I don't believe this should be a ranking. You know, I feel like I'm, like, you know, a top 150 guy in the country. And I said, look, I'm going to show you that that's not how it is, so how it should be. So I'm going to – definitely those, like, two things, man. Those really okay. are.
0: All right. So let's say you keep, you know, you keep winning the day, winning the week. i uh, keep using your motivations. Just keep getting better, better and better. What is it? What does your life look like here 20 years from now? So let's say, you're, you know, you're in your upper 30s. What does that look like 20 years from now if
1: everything goes right? You know, um, I would say trying to live a life, you know, a great, a good life, you know, maybe even outside of baseball, who knows, really. I um, mean, you know, obviously upper thirties is now, you know, pretty old for, you know, a baseball guy, older. Um, so definitely trying, you know, like I said, with that one thing, you know, having a good degree, uh, d- good degree from there, you know, opens up a lot of options with jobs in life, right? You know, um, and just being like those communication skills that I build and those relationships with people, that helped me through, you know, my high school and college career can help me, you know, be, you know, having a good family, you know, having, you know, and all that stuff, right, with a very, you know, well-paying job, you know, and doing something that I really like at that age, you know, in the upper 30s. So, you know, that's 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 the biggest part. You know, obviously baseball is not – doesn't last forever. So I always think about, you know, what what I got for life. You know, the baseball is really only one – probably – I would say like one third of my life. Right. So I got to think about the other two thirds of it, you know, outside of it. So that's, that's really the biggest part. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right, man. Down to the final question here. I'm sure this might be something that you've kind of already looked into considering I saw that you had 13,000 followers on Instagram. So, I mean, that's yeah. my number. So, uh, just moving into that last question. So, obviously, when you head to Illinois, you're going to get that opportunity to capitalize your name, image, and likeness, endorse, collaborate with brands, uh, just make a little bit of side cash off the field. Um, so, if you did, could, did get that opportunity to pick a dream brand to work with, what would that dream brand be?
1: I would say probably like Nike. That'd be super cool. I don't I was in a Nike school. Um, De- you know, definitely Nike, right? Uh, that's kind of like that's the, that's top tier, right? That's like the highest of the highest, right? Everyone to do that. Um, but there's a, there's like a couple guys, honestly, you know that I know, not not necessarily in the baseball team, a basketball side too, you know, partnerships with Nike. Um, another one would be like you know, like a Gatorade, that'd be really cool. Um, you know, they have a lot of college baseball players. I feel like they have connected with them. Um, you know, and then like a like a definitely a high well known. I'm not obviously trying to like do that like by the end of my high school career, yeah, you know, high well known like wood bat company, that'd be really cool. Um, that that would be like a you know those three would definitely be like top threes I wanted.
0: So what what wood bat company are you swinging right now?
1: You know, right now, um, it's you know Rawlings. I like Rawlings a lot. Um, uh, I also have Sam Bat, too. Uh, those two. Um, definitely Rawlings have like five or six Rawlings and like two Sam Bats right now. Um. But partnership would probably – like Rollins or ruchi would be like two that I would just love to deal with, All uh, right, That would be really, really cool. Um, so definitely those two.
0: Okay.
1: Would be like a top two, I'd love to do, yeah.
0: All right. All right, man. Well, that's all the questions I got for you. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Appreciate you reaching out. Like I said, I'm loving learning more about just the different Midwest states besides here in Indiana. Um, like I said, have been having a lot of Illinois guys on here in the future. I'm hoping to partner with PBR Illinois um, and just get like a bunch of you guys on the podcast, potentially get you on the podcast again. Who knows? Uh, but no, best of luck here as you continue on with your career these next couple of years for high school ball, travel ball, Um, head to Illinois, head to Champaign. Hopefully go dominate there, dominate the Big Ten. Uh, but no, man, just thanks for coming on the show and best of luck here in the rest of your career.
1: Uh, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Really cool.